This is G-N-E, the podcast, Golf and Entrepreneurship, with golf writer, Jay Revel. That was one of those really cool moments where I was like, okay, you know, we might be on to something here. Um, maybe, this is, maybe this is a path that could take you further than you ever really imagined. And um, if, if you can stay the course and keep producing really good work, um, and keep reaching out and building new partnerships and relationships. Maybe there's a chance that this can turn into something that you could do every day. You know. Welcome back to G and E, the podcast, a weekly show dedicated to the entrepreneurial world of golf. This is episode 45, and as always, my name is Ryan Walker. I am your host and the founder of Genie Magazine. This week's episode is brought to you by Linksoul, and as a brand, their goal is to connect people to the soul of the game. Whether it's through their vintage yet modern apparel, through the new releases like their Link Soul Persimmon Woods, or saving their local Muni with Goat Hill Park, the team in Oceanside, California is continuing to bring this philosophy to life through their brand. Link Soul has just launched their Summer 18 collection, full of all sorts of apparel for whatever summer adventure you have planned. So to check all that out and to shop their new arrivals, visit linksoul.com. And as a G&E listener, you can use the code GE20 at checkout for 20% off your purchase. And now to our show. This week we have a really fun guest joining us. Jay Revel is a golf scribe, as he likes to say, and he took to the internet a few months back to combine two of his passions, writing and golf. And since then, he has been able to build a nice reputation for himself and is starting to see some opportunities coming from it and has a pretty cool vision for where he wants to take it. And Jay is definitely a very creative guy with some great insights into not just golf, but life as well. And I'm excited to talk with him about his writing career and also how he is leveraging platforms like Twitter and Instagram and Medium to get his name out there. So what's going on, Jay? Welcome to the show. Hey, brother. How you doing, man? I'm good. Just looking forward to diving into your career and what you have going on recently. I'm sure people on Twitter have been seeing your stuff and it's going to be really fun to learn about why you're doing it. So to kick things off, can you tell us a little bit about who Jay is? Yeah, yeah. So uh, Jay Revel is a uh, 30-year-old uh, golf nut living in <laughs> Tallahassee, Florida. Um, I grew up, uh, I kind of got addicted to the game pretty early. Uh, my grandfather was the head golf professional and really jack of all trades at a nine-hole golf course called Havana Golf and Country Club uh, just outside of Tallahassee. And I lived off the fourth tee and for all intents and purposes uh, from the age of about five until I went off to college, I was pretty much his assistant pro. Um, and I just hung out at the golf course every day. That's what I did. And his son, my uncle, was uh, on the PGA Tour and the Web.com Tour for pretty much the entire childhood and uh, spent a lot of times on the road with the family going and watching him play and then been a lot of time on the road, junior golf, myself going out and playing, and this was a head over hills in love with the game, and then I kind of fell away from it in college a little bit, uh, probably got a little burned out trying to chase that dream, and mm-hmm. uh, I came back to it with a real vengeance. <laughs> I, uh, uh, I don't know, probably mid-20s, I started really playing again, and I started seeking out, you know, more and more interesting places and really just finding that playing with my friends and playing and traveling was something that I really, really loved. And I've always been a bit of a history junkie too. And 
um, yeah, so just golf's a good fit for me. I've always really, really loved it. And now I'm, um, uh, I, I like to say a recovering country club president here in Tallahassee. I'm, uh, the immediate past president of Capital City Country Club, which is a old Tillinghast design here. Uh, it's a, a really, really special place. And I, I love getting able to play around with that on the side. And my day job, uh, I am the vice president of the Greater Tallahassee Chamber of Commerce, wonderful organization, uh, creeping up on about 100 years in existence. And we uh, wake up every day figuring out how to make Tallahassee the best place on earth. And I think we, I think we do a pretty good job. So that's kind of my, my world day to day. You know, it's a, it's a fun, fun life. I'm, I'm a lucky man and got a beautiful wife here in town and a three-month-old daughter. Uh, oh, there you go. Sarah, my daughter's name is Winnie and uh i'm having just the time of my life so things are good well congratulations on all of that and if you are a reader of genie magazine you probably saw that we put up an article written by jay about winnie and it is centered around the topic of augusta national introducing the women's amateur championship and it's a really you know good take on the subject so check that out if you haven't had the chance but Jay, like you were saying, you grew up around the game and you're coming back to it now with a bit of a vengeance and yeah. a different outlook on what you want out of the sport. And so I saw that you recently picked up a pen and you're starting to do a little golf writing. And so what made you want to start doing this? You know, it's funny. I've, I've always loved to write. I've always loved golf. I just had never thought to write about golf. And I, uh, I took a trip uh uh, a friend of mine's wedding actually was uh, up in this great little town in northwest Georgia called Dalton, Georgia. And Dalton is about 20 minutes south of Chattanooga, which is about 20 minutes east of a little place called South Pittsburgh, Tennessee. And that's where Sweden's Cove Golf Club is. And I couldn't help but steer myself up there with a few of the friends that were going to the wedding. And I, I had heard so much about it and, and really wanted to see it for myself. And when I got there, I was, I really was moved. I mean, I mean, it was just one of these just incredible experiences. And if you've never been to Sweeten's Cove, um, I, I ended up writing a story about it called the song of Sweeten's Cove. And the whole concept behind that piece was that Sweeten's Cove is kind of like a song you hear for the first time. And then you really can't ever get it out of your head. You find yourself humming it a few days later and beyond. And, um, it was just such a really interesting place. You walk up the clubhouse, quote unquote, is a 10 by 12 prefabricated shed. That's awesome. Hunter Green and the locker room, as I called it, uh, is a uh, Porta John. Uh, and once you walk beyond the gravel parking lot, though, you really enter this majestic golf experience that's been handcrafted by. Uh, this get these guys there, uh, Rob Collins and Tad King, and what they built there really is a, a monument to minimalism. And I just, I was just so moved by it. I, like, I got to write this down. I, I got to write something about this. And I home <laughs> and I did, and um, I sent it to some friends of mine. Uh, you know, Ian Gilly, who is the founder, one of the founders of Sugarloaf Social Club. I sent it to Ian. I said, Hey, what, you know, what do you think about this? And he thought it was kind of good, and I said, "Well, what should we do?" He said, "Well, let me I'll put it on our blog, and we'll see how the response goes." And man, it just it really blew up. It really took off, and uh, from there, I kind of said, "Well, let's see if maybe you can do this again." And I went out to California, played a 
wonderful place called Pasa Tiempo Golf Club. And uh, I thought I wrote a pretty good story about that too. And next <laughs> thing I knew, we took off. So set out to do one a month and then one a month became one a week. And then, gosh, some days it feels like it's one a day. You know, it just I just love to write about it. And uh, every time I get a chance to find a unique story to tell, I can't wait to get in front of the computer and type it out. That's so cool. And so, like you're saying, you partnered with Sugarloaf Social Club to originally get your name out there. But what other ways? Because I remember we talked about really the power of social media and how social media and golf right now is just like a beautiful marriage. And so for you, how did you get your name out there? Because I think I saw it's been something like eight months to a year you doing this and you're getting, a, you know, a solid fan base. Yeah, no, it's fascinating. I, you know, <laughs> I started noticing I'm a big believer in what I call, you know, rapid A B testing. Uh you kinda go where the traction is and as I was starting to put some stuff out there I noticed that when I was posting about golf, I actually was was getting the most amount of traction. I mean I just I was you know, maybe it was, you know, good pictures, good interesting commentary, little things here and there and I kinda made a decision, you know, like I said, eight or nine months ago. I said, Well, I think I'm just gonna post only about golf from now on and uh as soon as i kind of made that switch it really started taking off and you know the cool thing the coolest thing about social media and golf is it's created this sort of tight-knit community of people who are all generally trying to do the same thing which is tell great stories about this game we all love so much and 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 meet new people and involve with new people and get engaged with new people and that platform these platforms like instagram and uh instagram is just made for golf Mm -hmm. uh golf is a visual experience and instagram really helps tell those stories and uh you know you start sliding into some direct messages here and there and (laughs) thing you know you're you're making friends with you know people all over the country and um and even the world and and it's really just a fascinating thing and then you have opportunities to collaborate with those friends because they, uh, I do a, I do a whole nother presentation sometimes on campus uh, here at the colleges in Tallahassee. I call it uh, who thinks of you and why, and you know, it's not who, you know, but who thinks of you and why that's usually what determines whether or not you're successful. And uh, I have found that for some reason, people are starting to think of me and that means I'm doing something right. So I'm having a lot of fun with it. Yeah, and I love that concept of who thinks of you and why, because it flips the whole who you know idea and shows that if you have a skill set and put it out there authentically, it will attract the right people. And maybe we can come back to this in a bit, but I would love to continue to dive into the escalation of your writing career. So if you take a look at your writing, you focus on golf architecture, some golf history, and your thoughts on how the game can modernize. What made you go with this content strategy? Well, you know, I, I think you have to be true to um, what your own beliefs are. Uh, and I think you have to try to, as a good friend of mine told me in college once, uh, I, was, uh, I, was, I was really interested in one particular young lady, and I was a little fab- flabbergasted as to why I couldn't get a date. And he <laughs> told me, all you can do is be the best possible version of yourself, my friend, and let those chips fall where they may. And I kind of have taken that to heart ever since he told me that. And, uh, I try to do that with my writing. You know, if, if I'm honest with who I am and the things that interest me, uh, in the perspectives that I find unique and fascinating, hopefully I can, I can write something, uh, worthwhile enough to 
make someone feel the same way I do and or, or maybe discover that they feel the same way I do. And, uh, you know, and the other piece of that is just, again, going, you know, going where the traction is. Um, I try to keep a very sharp eye on what people are talking about and what people are interested in and then figure out how can I find a story that sort of uh, rides along with the bigger conversations uh, in the game. And maybe I can write a page here or there that uh, is reflective of, of the general mood of where people are going. And that's probably the other piece of it too, is you know, and timing is always an important aspect. The things that I love about golf and have always loved about golf are increasingly becoming the things that more and more people love about golf. And so that's probably, you know, has something to do with it. And again, that's, as another friend of mine told me once, I'd, I'd rather be lucky than good, but damn, ain't bad being both. Uh, <laughs> so, so maybe, maybe I'm, maybe, you know, I've just got good timing where the things I'm interested in are also happen to be the things that other people are interested in. And like I said, if I'm, if I'm having a good day, maybe I can write a couple of sentences that um, uh, people find interesting. Well, you seem to be doing a pretty good job at figuring out what people like. And something you like to write about is golf architecture. And this is definitely a hot topic right now. So when did you first get interested in golf architecture? And why has this become such a passion for you? Yeah, you know, it's it's funny uh, how you find your way into things sometimes. As I had mentioned earlier, I was the uh, president for a year of our country club and, and probably would have done it longer. But uh when the uh, my my little girl came into the world, that <laughs> made that job a little it's more, more important. Things, <laughs> yeah, there's no doubt about it. And um, uh, I have a real passion for our club here, uh, you know, Capital City. Uh, I'm actually sitting here now, and I'm watching a, a lot of friends of mine out here walking the course, and just in a, a beautiful evening. Uh, this place is really, really special. And the more and more I dug into this place and learned about the, the history here and the architecture here, the more just enthralled I kind of became. And it's a funny story, right? I mean, I, I, I showed up with a box of uh, pine tree saplings to give to my superintendent out here. There's a wonderful, wonderful uh, superintendent. He's done an incredible job of the course. And I said, hey, you know, we've lost a lot of trees, the lightning strikes and everything. You know, Florida during the summertime, it turns into kind of a lightning festival. Mm -hmm. And uh, I said, maybe we can put these in some places that, you know, can kind of replace some of them. And it's funny because I got, I kind of got reamed out by a few members who are, who, who know golf architecture pretty well and said, we need, you know, less of these trees, not more. Don't bring these out here. And I, you know, again, I, I was a little naive to some of that. And so I was really just, I, I hated that. I thought I was doing something that was negatively potentially impacting the architecture of this place. And I just didn't know. And so I, I really dedicated, you know, the last year and a half to, to taking the, the, you know, glimmer of things that I knew on the surface about golf architecture and really diving down into a, a very deep level. I mean, I, I've bought an inordinate amount of golf books off of eBay, <laughs> and uh, I have spent a lot of nights reading on golf architecture and kind of gave myself a, 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 a good education there. And luckily, again, timing matters, right? You know, I love listening to uh, some of the wonderful podcasts that are out there. Andy at the Fried Egg does a tremendous job, uh, really highlight golf architecture and 
between the books that you can buy and listening to folks like him and others, you can really give yourself a pretty robust education uh, in golf course architecture. I mean, I've read everything Tom Doak's ever written, and it's just, you know, you really can dive in and, and find out so much more. And so uh, it's just that kind of kicked it off for me. And, and it's one of those things where I use this expression a lot about what I call uh, searching out the deeper experiences in golf. And architecture is absolutely a part of that. You know, once you have a fairly robust understanding of what good golf architecture is, um, I wrote about this actually in the piece that I did once about Pasa Tiempo. I said that I went and made that trip across the country in search of the difference between good and great. And if you've ever played one of Allison McKenzie's golf courses and you just have your eyes open and hopefully you're walking the property you can't you can't miss the difference between good and great it, it's so it's it's the it's the minor details it's the you start to look for the routing you start to look at the bunkering different you look at the contours and the green different you look at the contours off the green different you look at the contours of fairways different you look at the natural slopes and lines of the land and it really just makes the entire golfing experience so much more interesting and so much to the point for me where I, I, you know, I can get lost in a round of golf and I don't really care if I keep score anymore. It just, it's, I, I'm so interested in all those details. Um, so yeah, I went from probably being someone who was, uh, naive, uh, to someone who really has developed and grown a real appreciation for it, um, and trying to be a student of it. So it's, um, it's been a fun journey. Yeah, and to a point you made there about the deeper levels of golf, I think that is a great note. And for me, since starting a business in golf, I play way less than I ever have, but I love it more. And that's because the simplicity of just going out there with a few buddies and just enjoying being on the course and getting away from everything that's going on is the best. And that's why people love golf so much, because it can be your own vice, if you may, in so many different ways. And I just want to add that into what you're saying about how golf architecture is that for yourself, but you're writing and you're doing a fantastic job at it and are starting to gain some serious recognition. So what kind of opportunities have come from this so far? Yeah. So as I continued sort of down the rabbit hole of doing some of this writing and noticing some traction and some, some positive uh, momentum, uh, you know, you start to build a little bit of confidence and sharing these stories and, reaching out to people and trying to come up with a way to maybe, you know, maybe, maybe make a few bucks. Mm -hmm. And, um, I went and made a pitch recently to visit Florida. And I told them that I thought there was a very unique opportunity to tell a new series of stories about golf in Florida. And again, not the typical, what I kind of call the condo Canyon holes and courses, uh, which there are plenty of, uh, maybe not the retirement community courses and such, uh, but more of the unique old Florida golf experiences that exist. There's actually a surprisingly amount of good golden age architecture courses that still exist, and some of them in their entirety and some of them only in small elements. But all of those stories are unique and interesting, and I think there are more and more people uh, who are travelers uh, who are seeking out those experiences, not only when they're they're looking for somewhere to travel to, but 
Also, when you're in a market, if you're visiting a Orlando, for example, and you've got an extra day and some time to kill and you want to get out and see it and you play golf, you know, there are great places like a Winter Park 9 that, that are perfect for someone to go and experience. And so I pitched them on that, and I actually just came off of my trip uh, down to Orlando. I did four golf courses in three days uh, and really dove into them. You know, it took, I, for a couple of months, did a lot of research and, and reading and went down, played some rounds with some friends, both old and new, and uh, uh, we photographed the whole weekend, and I'm really excited. I'm uh, the, Next week, I'll start doing the writing on it, and uh, we played um, – uh, a, a wonderful municipal course there that has this really, really awesome 19th hole. Uh, it's that Dubstred golf course. Uh, it's a municipal course in the city of Orlando. It's the oldest course in Orlando. It's actually where uh, Claude Harmon, who's the 1948 Masters champion, grew up out there. That's Butch Harmon's father. Uh, That's cool. So, um, yeah, and um, so we did Dubstred. Uh, we spent time at their uh, – tap room that they had there this incredible restaurant the next day we went to rio pinar which is where the old florida citrus open used to be where arnold palmer once won uh before the uh tournament ended up moving to his place at bay hill uh we went to winter park which if you haven't been to winter park you absolutely have to make a journey to see this place it might be one of the coolest places I've ever been to in golf. It, I was so just emotionally moved by how wonderful this place was, what they have done there. Um, Keith Reb, Riley Johns, the architect, the city of Winter Park made a significant investment, and they created a community asset that, that really, it's the future of municipal golf in America, hands down. It's, it's, you have to go see it. Um, and, uh, and then I went to this really unique place called Mount Dora Golf Club, which is it, it's kind of this unique place where uh, GIs built the golf course coming home after World War II. They went to the city of Mount Dora, asked them to build a golf course. The city said, can't build you a golf course, but we can give you the land. And the GIs went out there and built their own golf course. And, you know, it's a, it's a testament to that greatest generation of Americans and you know, unfortunately, much like that greatest generation, places like this are, are sort of dying by the by the day. Um, but it's a really unique place to go, and the people are so wonderful. And you can tell that the locals actually are maintaining it themselves. And it, it's 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 a little rough around the edges as far as you know the the condition of the golf course. But man, it's it just when you're out there. You feel that it's special and it's unique and it's different and and I think places like that are worth seeing and I think more and more other people agree. So yeah, I just came off of that trip and um, I'm I'm about to hit the road again this week for another trip and uh, I'm I'm actually headed back up to Sweden Cove where it all began. So um, yeah, the opportunities are are kind of starting to come around. So it's fun. There's nothing better than that, getting the chance to go, you know, play some courses and travel around. And like you said, it's not just playing it, but also seeing the 19th hole, seeing the facilities and just getting that, you know, breathing it all in, if you may. Um, and so for you, I know this is a side hustle, but clearly you can tell you're incredibly passionate about it. And I'm guessing that, you know, there is a goal to turn this into a career at some point. And so what is your vision for yourself with, you know, becoming a golf writer full time? Yeah, I tell you, I, I had a really cool moment the other night. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, it was 
golden hour at winter park nine uh the sun was just on fire uh and i i played the last couple of holes with another group of guys there were six of us walking down the hole and struck up some new friendships there and as i was leaving that ninth hole um i i had one of them who was getting his car turned around as he was talking to some other friends in the parking lot and he said hey uh were you on the radio here in Orlando this morning? And I said, yeah, that, that was an ESPN. Uh, I was on the local ESPN affiliate talking golf. And they were like, man, that's really cool. I love, you know, love listening to you. That was a lot of fun to kind of hear those unique stories. I had no idea about those places in my own backyard. And uh, that was one of those really cool moments where I was like, okay, you know, we might be onto something here. Um, maybe this is, maybe this is a path that could take you further than you ever really had imagined. And, um, if, if you can stay the course and keep producing really good work, um, and keep reaching out and building new partnerships and relationships, maybe there's a chance that this can turn into something that you could do every day. You know, as I got back to work, um, on Monday morning and I'm meeting with my awesome team there and going through all the, the, the work we're doing to try to make Tallahassee a better place. You know, I couldn't help but but you know daydream a little bit about the wonderful weekend I had just come off of, and you know how 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 cool it was to come home Sunday night and kiss my wife and my baby and have this sort of feeling of pride that I had just done something really unique that uh, I had always hoped I could be able to do. Yeah, and uh, it's a feeling that you want to have more. So. Uh, hopefully we'll get to a point where I'm doing some, doing this more and more. Uh, I think of things, uh, you know, I've been talking to some folks about actually turning a recent series I did uh, maybe into a book. Uh, I think there's maybe a book opportunity with some of the stuff I'm doing in Florida. The series I'm doing for Visit Florida, we're calling Hiding in the Sunshine. Uh, and it's about the hidden gems in Florida. I think that's a, a, a pretty cool book opportunity maybe. And, um, you know, I think another thing I would enjoy doing is uh, going to unique clubs and courses across America and actually writing their histories for them. Uh, there's so many places that have so much unique history that really just goes unwritten and, and largely forgotten. And uh, I enjoy that aspect of it as well. And, you know, I, I love talking golf. And so wherever those opportunities may present themselves, that's, that's probably where I'm going to go sniffing around and seeing what I can find. I love it. That is awesome. Well, congratulations, Jay, on all that. And over the coming weeks and months, we'll be publishing some of your work on GE. So, for our audience listening to this, you are probably enjoying Jay's personality and thoughts on golf. So, keep an eye out for that as well. But overall, Jay, this has been a pleasure, man. I really enjoyed it. And thank you for taking the time to share your story. Hey, Ryan, thanks for having me, man. I, I really, really appreciate you. Uh, reading the work and uh, like I said the, the whole thing that makes all of this possible is uh, when people read it and they enjoy it and uh, and and then are willing to reach out and uh, nothing means more to me than someone telling me they enjoyed something that I wrote and took the time to sit down and punch out on the keyboard and uh, it just means the world to me I appreciate you having me and it's good to have you as a friend yeah, man, you as well. I'm excited to see what we can work on into the future. It's going to be a lot of fun. So, yeah, thanks again for coming on the show and you know, really appreciate the time. And to our listeners, thank you, everyone, for tuning into this week's episode of G&E, the podcast. Make sure to go over to our website, gandemagazine.com, spelled G-A-N-D-E, 
www.thepeopleshowmagazine.com and check out the feature to go along with this week's episode. So head on over to the website, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. Subscribe to the online newsletter, which comes out every Friday. So you never miss new content and inspiring entrepreneurs and golfers from around the world. And once again, my name is Ryan Walker, and I thank you for listening today.